Dueling Genre Productions presents... Oh my God, do you see that? When a freak accident strikes McKinney City, ordinary citizens are given amazing abilities. I can move things with my mind. Oh my God, I'm flying. I can fly. I can teleport and I can fly. Super senses. What, like Daredevil? We are just playing fast and loose with this whole science thing today, aren't we? Now, there are villains. Billy, when you have an arch nemesis, do you just kill them immediately? No. You tie the ropes just loose enough so that they can keep escaping. That way, when you finally do win the day, you can sleep well knowing that you rose to the challenge. Your brain works differently than other people's, doesn't it? And heroes. Leah Markowitz, Gwendolyn Allen, Jeffrey Gibson, Mindy Gibson, Simon Holt, Splendid, you're all here. I'm going to make you all into superheroes. Screw it. Let's go save the day. The Powerful. After I drain everyone here, McKinney City will be mine. I'm going to show this whole city what real passion truly is. And the underdogs. You're all imagining me as a singing, dancing chipmunk right now, aren't you? The people in that store need help, and we can help them in a way no one else can. We have great power, which means they're our responsibility. I mean, Jesus, what's the point of having five freaking Spider-Man movies if we can't even learn to do that? Geek by Night, an original podcast series about five friends running a comic book store with superpowers. You're really going to keep running a comic book shop while trying to be superheroes? It might not always be easy, but I think the world could use a few more underdogs. Available at DuelingGenre.com and podcast apps everywhere. Dueling Genre Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring, one rock skipping minute at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. That sounds like you're trying not to curse. I'm Norman Mitchell. Rock skipping? Yeah, that sounds like a like a fill-in for like a curse word. Oh, rock skipping. What? I don't understand. So today we'll be talking about Minute 122, which starts with Sam removing um, Bill's bridle. Um, before they send him on his way. And it ends with Gandalf walking into a very, very, very dark Moria. Yeah. So he finally gets the door open. Yeah. After pushing on it uselessly yesterday. Yes. They figure it out by Frodo asking him what the elvish word for friend is. Yeah. I like that it's Frodo that um, figures out the riddle. Because he grew up, like, hobbits canonically are very fond of riddles. Well, riddles in the dark, the whole thing right. with, like, Bilbo yeah, exactly. and Gollum. Um, and at hobbit parties, you just tell each other riddles, which mm-hmm. is honestly a thing we should bring back. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs alcohol when you can have riddles? Why uh, not both? <laughs> drunk riddles. <laughs> that sounds like it could go in a weird place. I think that's, the, that's what hobbits do. They yeah. just drink and eat a lot of food. Tell each other jokes and riddles. Riddles are my anti-drug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you bring that up. That's actually something that they touch on in the, the commentaries. They talk about how Frodo was kind of falling out of the story a little bit at this point in the mm-hmm. script. So they gave him the the moment where he kind of helps Gandalf solve the riddle. 
to bring him back in as like at right. the forefront, which is necessary when you have like a protagonist. Because it's Gandalf that finally figures it out, right? In the book? Yeah, Gandalf uh, Gandalf kind of credits Mary a little bit. Oh, for asking questions. For asking the question in the first place. But Gandalf just kind of, after, with everything else going on, Gandalf just kind of has like an aha moment and and figures yeah. it out. Which is, which is kind of funny. Well, it's similar to um, next week in Moria, where he's like, oh yeah, I know which way we're going. Yes. The air doesn't smell so foul. Yeah, yeah, here. yeah. Toucan Gandalf. Toucan, follow your nose. <laughs> yes. yes. That's silly. I mean, that's what he says. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm just, I know. You know. Toucan Gandalf. To Gandalf, if you will. <laughs> oh my god. So I wanted to talk about that little rock skipping scene. Yeah. Because in the book, that whole setup to the rocks going in the water is very different. It's not Aragorn, like, stopping Merry and Pippin from throwing rocks in the water. It's Boromir is getting frustrated that they haven't figured out the, the password. Uh-huh. And he picks up a stone talking about how he doesn't like this accursed pond and he throws a rock way out into it. Mm. And then Frodo is just like, you shouldn't do that. Yeah. I don't like this. Because they can't figure it out and they're considering turning around and going back before Gandalf figures out the riddle. Yeah. So they haven't even actually officially let Bill go yet at that point. Right. They're, uh, and I think that that's interesting that Boromir is the one that hucks a rock in the water in the book compared to them having it, that, compared to them giving it to like the reckless youngins in the, in the movie, mm-hmm. which seems to make more sense than like this traveled, like war-torn man doing something kind of reckless like that well i mean if they had done that you could consider it an influence of the ring yeah um just driving him to distraction because he's so angry that they're just sitting around also i'd be frustrated if you know you're just sitting around waiting for an old man to remember the answer (laughs) right it's like being on a quiz show like that timer's just ticking down and like yeah it's like come on right come on See, okay, this is what I was talking about yesterday with Mary and Pippin. Mary is always the one who's doing it first. Like, you have Mary throwing the rock in, and he throws in, like, two. And Pippin's like, oh, okay. So he picks up a rock, and Aragorn is the one who grabs him. And he's like, don't do that. And Pippin hasn't even done anything yet. I'm so angry. (laughs) That's ah, Mary getting Pippin in trouble. I hate it. <sighs> the worst. I mean, like, if you consider them close enough to be siblings, as the older sibling, yes, it is your job to get the other siblings in trouble. Yes. <laughs> but Pippin's my favorite, so leave him be. <laughs> leave him alone. Leave him alone. <laughs> He's a, he's a gentle creature. <laughs> he's stupid. I love him. Leave him alone. Uh, I was looking at the Moria section again, too, and that we'll, we'll bash your head against this Peregrine Took is in the book, too. Yeah. Which I think is really funny. Because Gandalf comes up as, comes off as much less grumpy overall in the book. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> a lot of those really grumpy lines are still quotes. Right. Uh, I don't know. This is a this is a very light minute. Uh, 
I don't know, like background information wise. There's not a whole lot to talk about here. I like about the set comp- the than what we've already mentioned. The scene that um where Gimli's smoking and the doors start opening and then he like kind of slowly removes his pipe and like looks over and he's just like, Oh <laughs> like, you know what? It reminds me of that really iconic scene in Jurassic Park where um, the lady scientist, like, stands up and then, like, removes her sunglasses slowly. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It kind of, it's like the Gimli equivalent of that scene. Like, and, like, the the other guy is, like, talking and then, like, she she turns his head. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know what I mean, though, where she stands up in the Jeep and then, like, everyone has the, the reaction. Yeah. Um gif of it well i mean yeah you, you that is i think what everyone's reaction would right. be to be like oh my there, there are dinosaurs over there i almost said a word that i shouldn't say on this <laughs> rock skipping dinosaurs some rock skipping dinosaurs over there <laughs> this is like southern slang rock to me. skipping <laughs> yeah. oh you rock skipping scalawet like what i don't know maybe i'm way off base but that sounds like something that you would like Insert into, like, Yosemite Sam. <laughs> In the middle of, like, a tirade of Yosemite Sam. would be, like, rocks skipping, fence jumping, rabble, rabble, oh rabble, rabble, rabble. Get off my lawn. Yeah. That's, that's ridiculous. I don't know why. That's just, like... Um, I also like how quickly the... The, um... The rock throwing makes ripples happen in the water. Like, you know, scary ripples that we will see... Um, this week, mm-hmm. but because in the book it doesn't take, it takes much longer, right? Not Between much longer. Throwing rocks, and then. I mean, they throw one. Boromir throws one rock in the book, and then they talk for like another page and a half or so. Yeah. And then Gandalf remembers the. Right, and then stuff happens that we'll talk the about. Password. Because Gandalf has never entered Moria from this direction. Oh, Gandalf always came the other way, and in the time that he had visited Moria, these doors were always open. Right. That's why he doesn't know this password. Oh. That's interesting. Because the last time he had been to Moria, and the last few times he'd been to Moria, he passed from the other side through here. So, on the other like side... Like, from Lorien, from, from uh, Lothlorien, through, and then up to Rivendell. Oh, okay. So, on the other side, is there... A door that looks just like this, or is this? Did did they commission different doors from different people with different magic? You know, I'm not sure. Because the movie implies that, like on the opposite side, there's just like an mountains, open, yeah, like an open pathway that leads into like where the bridge was. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a that's an interesting thought. Like. You know what I mean, though? Like, Moria is so vast and so old that there's no way that... Well, maybe. Maybe they just commissioned the one elf to make the doors on all of Moria. Because if I was building something, I would want them all to be uniform. Or at least similar. Yeah. You know? I don't know. There's certainly, there's not, at the very least, not like drawings of a door in the Who other side. Who made the doors of Moria? Aside from this one's, because he wrote his name. Yeah. <laughs> it began with like an N. I can't remember it. Um, well, it's, it's enchanted by, um, Kella 
Kelebrimbor, right? I think he was a student of Kelebrimbor or something like that, this guy says. Mm. Or like the... I the, do not know. Let me see. I'm looking it up. The, uh, what is it? The Ethelin? Uh, Ethelin? Was made by Kelebrimbor? Ethelin? Ethelin. Yes. Ethelin. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Mm. I hadn't realized that the spell that he says, like the two spells that he says, are um, word for word from this part in the book. Yeah. Might be on the page before the picture. No, I don't think it says. Oh, yeah. I, Narvi, made them. Celebrimbor of Holland drew these signs. So Celebrimbor designed the door and Narvi made it. So Narvi made the doors, and Celebrimbor is the one who did the Athelden engravings. He says, yeah, he says he drew these signs, but I don't know if that means he just designed them or if he wrought them. I would assume both. That's um, certainly possible. We we know that. So he is was Nar- a Narvi must be a dwarf then. That's a, oh. that sounds like a dwarven name. I think Narvi's an elf. Oh. Hmm. Okay. I am unsure, but it's possible that he's a dwarf. Narvi does sound more like a dwarven name. Yeah. Because so, this is from a period of time where dwarves and elves had more friendly connections. Right. Because everybody loves Mithril. Because they're is trying so to good. get at the Mithril, so it's a joint effort. Yeah. So it would make sense for the dwarves to create the actual, like, the actual stone doors and for the elves to enchant them. I guess I've never even I never even considered that Narvi would be a dwarf. I just always assumed that he was an elf because it's written in elven script and it's elven magic. Right, but like but yeah, does, that makes doesn't sense. Narvi sound like a dwarf name? Yeah. It does sound like a dwarf name. Um, because if Celebrimbor is drawing the signs Yeah. He is like, Oh, can you put my name in there? And Celebrimbor is like, Okay. But okay, but if Narvi is the one, maybe Narvi's the one who carved it. Because it's in first person. I, Narvi, made them. Yeah. And then he's the one who set, or no, he, like, he, maybe he engraved you know, it. And then Celebrimbor is the one who put the Athelden in. You know, I just thought of something. What? We're going to talk about them more. Because Celebrimbor um, forged some rings, right? All right. We're going to talk about this more. So uh, in in a couple weeks when we're balanced tune, we're going to talk about the story about the language scholar getting mad about some graffiti or right, like right. some nonsense in the writing. But that's exactly what's on the door right, right. here. Like Narvi was here. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what's on the doors of Durin. I just like. I, Narvi, made them. I. I don't even know if. Like where to look for if Narvi was an elf or just like a dwarf. Narvi. That's just it's the uh, easiest easiest thing I think. Um, but to me, it would make sense for it to be a dwarf. You're right. It does sound like a dwarven name. Narvi, a great dwarf craftsman. Boom. There, bam. Done. Together, made the doors of Durin at the west gate of Casadum. Here we go. See. Narvi. A dwarf. Because, like, I mean, compare that name to Celebrimbor, 
uh, Galadriel, Legolas, Thranduil, Elrond, and then you have Narvi, Gimli, Bomber, Beaufort, you know? <laughs> just, just just name Thorin's company. <laughs> just, just casually offhand. Because, like, dwarf names seem to be two uh, syllables max. Yeah. I think the women have even shorter names because Thorin's um, sister's name is um, Dis. Um, it's D-I-S. So, like, and then elven names seem to be two syllables minimum. Right. Because, like, you have Elrond and Arwen, but you also have, like, Galadriel, Celebrimbor, Feanor, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. right. That's cool. Celebrimbor so, is a mouthful. So he must have carved the engravings, and then Celebrimbor is the one who set them with the Athelden, because Celebrimbor is also, like, a master jewelsmith. Yeah. Because he... He's the one who created the the three elven rings, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Narvi's a dwarf. Yeah. Look at that. More dwarf friends in history, not just like a listening. It was like. the two greatest craftsmen of the second age, the elf and lord of Eregion. Eregion. Eregion, sorry. Um Celebrimbor and the dwarf Narvi who built the dwarves. The Dwarves. The dwarves. The, the dwarves. He, they built them. They built all the dwarves. <laughs> yes. It would make sense for a dwarf to do most of the work on a dwarven mine. Yeah. And the elves are like, hey, we want some of that stuff. I'll help you keep your stuff safe by enchanting them. And they're like, okay, deal. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Yeah, because the Athelden is like an elven thing. The moon runes. Yeah. Yeah. So Celebrimbor must have done that. That's what it must mean by drawing the signs. Yeah, he drew them into the stone. Yeah. Filled them. That's why I'm thinking Narvi did a lot of the heavy lifting by carving the doors out of the mountain and also carving the engravings. Like... If Putting the impression there. And yeah, then... yeah, yeah. And and then Cele like Celebrimbor would have designed it, which would mean like drew the signs. He would have designed it on like a sheet of parchment or something, handed it off to his BFF Narvi. Narvi does all the engraving, and then Celebrimbor fills it in with the Athelden. You mean his DFF? I don't. His dwarven friend forever. Okay. <laughs> I did. <laughs> That went in a weird place. Um, what? It's too close to something else. Um, I don't know if I have anything else for this one. No, I think that's it. Okay. I think we're. Uh, I think we're good. Sleuthin. So we're from the website duelinggenre.com. Uh, if you are interested in looking at or looking at listening to some of our other podcasts, we have um, the Doctor's Companion, in which. Um, I and my two co-hosts, Scott and Nick, talk about Doctor Who coming back soon, whenever Doctor Who comes back. And Geek by Night, our um, audio drama, our uh, fictional audio drama podcast. Um, we're super proud of it, and we really hope good. you guys like it. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you guys have a good Tuesday. Special thanks to our Patreon associate producers, Leaper182 and Ed Foster, and we'll be back tomorrow.
Let's talk more about Bye. Bye.